lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. No, we're not in Dallas as we planned. Mother Nature had other plans. Severe storms uh, throughout uh, the Dallas Metroplex area all night last night. All the flights out of here got canceled. Um, So our trip got canceled. So we're back here in the normal, regular confines. My name is Steve Dace. He is Todd Erz and he is Aaron McIntyre. We have a jam-packed show lined up for you today here on a Thursday. First of all, we begin a brand new series on Theology Thursday. We are doing a three-book study this year uh, that's all about studying the spirit of the age in different uh, aspects and arenas. We looked at it uh, as it pertains to one of its greatest onslaughts against our freedoms ever in COVID stand with Scott Atlas's book. And now the second book we will study is my own. Uh, Do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. And we're going to, this book was written as a study guide. There are study guide questions at the end of every chapter. Those are the questions we'll be discussing. Uh, as we go through this each and every week uh, now for the next few months as well, as we look at now, how do we go on offense against the spirit of the age in several different aspects? So we will begin that study coming up in the uh, top of the second hour for Theology Thursday. If you yet to get are yet to get a copy of the book and you'd like to to do it with us, they're just 15 bucks on Amazon right now if you want to get the paperback version to do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. We'll have three non-political questions at the bottom of this hour. A good friend of the show, Julie Kelly from American Greatness. She continues to do yeoman's work on what is going on with the January 6th detainees. We'll get an update from her on that and more here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by What is a Woman? University of Pennsylvania swimmer dude who looks like a lady, Will Thomas, was interviewed by Good Morning America the other day. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic and our true selves. Transitioning to get an advantage is not something that ever factors into our decisions. Bruce Jenner, your thoughts? This is not Leah Thomas's fault. It's really the woke world that's out there right now uh, gave Leah Thomas the ability to honestly take away medals uh, from other athletes. You know know what you do? You you buy yourself a tape recorder. You just record yourself for a whole day. I think you're going to be surprised at some of your phrasing. The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh in his new documentary, What is a Woman, interviewed a teammate of Will Thomas's. Leah obviously helps us do better, right? Leah's swimming really fast. Leah's performance helps the University of Pennsylvania swim team. The feeling of winning doesn't feel as good anymore because it feels tainted. There was a lot of things you couldn't talk about that were very concerning, like a locker room situation. If you even brought up concerns about it, you were transphobic. If you even bring up the fact that Leah swimming might not be fair, you were immediately shut down with being called a hateful person or transphobic. But there's never any conversation. The coaches don't sit everyone down and acknowledge what everyone's really upset about. So Pat actually brought in people high up in the athletic department to talk to us. They brought in someone from like the LGBTQ center. They brought in someone from the psychological services. So you're upset about what's happening and so you need psychological help. Yeah. Speaking of Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? It premiered last night at the Daily Wire and viewers were promptly treated to a cyber attack 
on the Daily Wire's servers, obviously with the aim of shutting down the premiere. If you haven't already watched that documentary, you absolutely should. Everyman Jack is a company that makes and sells products like soap and beard oils for men. Yesterday, like 75% of corporations in the country, they went full rainbow and made the following post on Twitter. Pride is a time to celebrate the LGBTQI plus community and continue the push for a world with equality, freedom, justice, and inclusivity. Attached to that tweet is a graphic that reads, Groom with Pride, Everyman Jack. The United States Space Force also got in on the rainbow action yesterday, posting a picture of an astronaut standing on the moon, and in place of the American flag, he's holding the rainbow flag. The U.S. Marine Corps also did the same with a picture of a helmet with six bullets, each with the color of the rainbow flag. Moving on, private payrolls rose by just 128,000 new jobs, less than half of the 300,000 expected in May, according to payroll processing firm ADP. Anthony Fauci says he may not be long for Washington. Would you continue serving that role if you're if the prior president, Donald Trump, returns to the White House? Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to get involved in any politics about who is or is not going in the White House. By the by the time that happens, I think I won't be around no matter who the president is. The FDA has accepted Pfizer's application for a three dose regimen of the covid jabs for children six months old to five years old. In completely unrelated news, a Freedom of Information request from the Australian government shows that during the week of May 28th in New South Wales, of the 474 people with a COVID diagnosis who were admitted to the ICU, only one of them, only one of them, had received no doses of the COVID jab. 210 had been triple jabbed. Here's a story from the Associated Press, which is reporting electronic voting machines from Dominion Voting Systems are susceptible to hacking. This stems from an advisory from the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency based on testing and expert witness in a testimony in a Georgia lawsuit dating back to 2017. And finally, we end the montage kind of the way we began, with a long-anticipated trailer for a horror movie we at the Steve Dace Show know you've been waiting a long time to see. And for those of you listening to the podcast, this is why you got to watch the show. And that's what happened while we were away. Mad props to my oldest daughter, Anna, who you guys got a chance to meet last week. She put that uh, movie trailer together uh, for our new TikTok page, which you can go check out if you want to get that video and share it. At Steve Day Show on TikTok right now is where you can find that. 
at Steve Day Show on our new TikTok page. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Did you see those numbers on private payrolls? The Let's Go Brandon recession is officially on. Did you see yesterday that Biden admitted he was totally blindsided about the coming baby food shortage when that uh, clo- those uh, clan- or plants were closed down back in April? Because frankly, he's got so many other crises right now that he's got to focus on. That's why you should be focusing on making sure your personal food supply does not uh, have a supply chain issue. With our friends at My Patriot Supply right now, get their three-month emergency food kit for $150 off. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, even drinks. 2,000 plus calories a day, all the uh, nutrition you need for you and everyone in your care. When you go to preparewithdace.com, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com, 90 days worth of food. It'll stay good for up to 25 years with proper storage, and you'll get $150 off plus free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. Coming up in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace, we're going to discuss some new polling from our friends at Trafalgar Group about what Americans think about arming teachers in light of more school shootings. We will look at that data and discuss it coming up today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to subscribe to Blaze TV so that you don't miss that exclusive content today. And that's where we will upload it later today. For those of you that are already subscribers, we'll record it right after today's show at blazetv.com slash dace. I want to go uh, into the montage here and I, I want to start with Bruce Jenner. So... Sean Handy, I'm sorry, Sean Hackety, um, ended the month of May by smearing a Christian woman in the Pennsylvania Senate race. And now he begins the month of June by interviewing a man pretending to be a woman on his show. Fox News contributor, mind you, mean, meaning that he's officially branded by the channel. That is the number one platform of the American right. And there's quite a few space bars between them and whoever ranks number two. I don't even know. Fox is in its own area code, man. Because of people like you. Watching and listening to me right now. And what have they done with the prominence that people like you have granted to them? They made Bruce Jenner a contributor and are validating him. His psychosis, his demonic ideology that led one of America's greatest ever portraits of masculinity to completely and embarrassingly and sadly mutilate himself. He is a portrait of Dorian Gray in reverse. He's right not to blame Leah Thomas. He's right not to. Because Bruce Jenner should blame himself. He's the Christopher Columbus here. He discovered the new world. Oh, sure. Leif Erikson and some other people may have come here or hit this continent accidentally, but don't get the credit for it. The person who gets the historical recognition is Christopher Columbus. So we had trannies and cross-dressers 
<clears throat> this existed for quite a while before we knew what a Bruce Jenner was. Or before he became Caitlyn Jenner, I should say. But it's, it's one of America's greatest portraits of masculinity doing this to himself after spending years on what has is maybe the most watched television show in America for the last decade, the Kardashians. What does that tell you about the culture we have? Mm-hmm. From MASH, when we were kids, from MASH to the Kardashians. <laughs> what does that tell you? <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, all of it's bad. That's what it tells you. And he's to blame, actually, more than anyone else, frankly. Because without him and without platforms like Fox mainstreaming him and then mainlining him to you, we could have at least kept this relegated on the crazy train over there on the other side. And then maybe we would have been much quicker to mobilize against it before it hit the public school library. But no. No, we had to go make sure that you guys knew we weren't trans bigots. So we got our own, man. Got our own dude who looks like a lady. We got our own guy who just absolutely mutilated himself and is just, I don't know how else to put it, very difficult to look at if you're normal. But a lot of our people, man, Nanu Nanu, Nanu Hamana Hamana, uh, downloading that, getting their Fox News download from Hackety, getting all that, you know, just like Rain Man. Uh, 57 matches, 57 matches on the floor. Uh, Hackety, uh, 8 o'clock, uh, do what he says. Uh, Judge Wapner, just going full Rain Man, man. Downloading that Bruce into your brain and then voting for the Turkish Pasha for U.S. Senate because he told you to. And then you guys want to email me and say, but Steve, why don't you play in primaries anymore? When y'all turn that tripe off, I'll come back. Until then, I, I got other things to worry about, and I'm pre-hypertensive. Thank you. And that's not going to make it any better. So, Bruce Jenner is correct. Leah Thomas is not to blame. Bruce Jenner is. Not solely, but certainly. You're to blame, Bruce. You did this. And every platform that has mainstreamed you since, they're all to blame. Any thoughts on that before we move on? It's all part of the plan. I can't, the, the normalizing of Bruce as anything other than a tragicomic tale is, is why, really, how few of us can actually sit there and legitimately throw up our hands in frustration about that? I mean, if you, if you spend any moment giving credence to him as a rational broker. I mean, he's y'all being played. He, he is making it seem 
in your eyes like this is inevitable. When and so let's negotiate the pre- let's yeah, give up yeah. the premise yes. and then just negotiate. I, 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 haven't we tried this before? How about tomorrow on Hackity? Can you get a religious exemption to trans to transgender? You know, I mean, you guys take everything. We give up the premise. We give up the high ground. Uh, just can we get a religious exemption? Yeah. All right. Uh, absolutely. Let's promote the premise of this psychosis and dementia uh, and, and demonic ideology. But stay out of women's sports. I mean, if there is a way, if there is a way to not attack the premise of the spirit of the age, I rest assured, pretty much everyone on Fox on week weekdays, except for like three people. Notice all the people that attack the premise of stuff every night, every time they're on the Levins, the Bonginos, the Hiltons. Notice they put all those guys on like on Saturdays and Sunday nights, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, though. There's, you got Tucker's mod, you got Tucker's show and Lori Ingram about half the time. Everybody else just pretty much is accepting the premise of everything we're up against. And that feedback loop just gets fed into a lot of our people. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of you sat on your hands for the last couple yeah. of years while your daughters got ran over by this dude looks like a lady bearded lady act because you were anesthetized. You were anesthetized. Your favorite network. Your favorite network made it a contributor, put it on the air, mainstreamed it for you. And so now you get self-doubt. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be a bigot. You know, maybe it's me, you know? How can you, I don't know who the other woman was in that triple box with Hannity and Bruce Jenner. And by the way, I'm dead naming now. I used to have this thing. I don't care. I can call you by your new name. I think Caitlin's a weird name. For, no, I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead naming anybody I know the name for. I, that's what they call it when they when you call them the name that they don't want to be named. I, I don't know how if you're Hannity or that actual woman that was on that triple box, how you can sit there and listen to that dude who pretends he's a woman complaining about another dude who pretends he's a woman uh, be, uh, unfairly winning comp. How can you sit there with a straight face and listen to that? Here's something Here's something as well. I, I watched What is a Woman again last night, actually. This is the second time I've watched it. I watched it again last night, and it wasn't quite as funny to me as the first time because then it really, really ingrained how seriously and how deeply the people that Matt Walsh interview uh, interviewed really believe the nonsense. They can't answer any of the questions, and if they do, it's circular logic. It's circular answering, but they are confident it is true. Here's 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 the the the, the terrible the terrible realization that I had last night. How many thirty to fifty year old Dads, husbands in suburbia might watch that documentary and deep down inside are begging for a, I don't know, Reuters fact check about some of the revelations shared about, uh, I think it's Harvey Milk and Kinsey, Alfred Mm -hmm. Kinsey, and all of these other revelations from the subjects that uh, Matt Walsh interviewed are deep down really want to fact check so that they can just say, Rub my belly. So you mean I don't have to do anything now? That's, I think what you're talking about now, I'm, I'm saying at a different generation, 30 to 50 year old uh, men. I think there are a lot of people who, are, who will watch that documentary 
and say, holy cow, this cannot continue, but will be assuaged by a fact check, a debunking, because that means they don't have to do anything again. Yeah. And in the meantime, and what I was going to close with is the counter to you sitting there and just accepting this as inevitable because it's on Fox News. Just two days ago, my oldest daughter, who was the tip of the spear here for Save Girl Sports in Iowa, the 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 swimmer from the University of Kentucky, who was the one who got bumped mm-hmm. by uh, Thomas, reached out because she had just found mm. my uh, Ainsley's editorial that you read on the show mm-hmm. and said, whoa, girl, I, that was amazing. Thank you for doing it. Welcome to the try. We need every one of you. And yet you sit there. You probably turn the volume up while you're watching this just to make sure you don't uh, miss out on how you can uh, square the circle yet again uh, for Team GOP. It's just appalling. Why are these girls having to be the tip of the spear on anything? Very well said, both of you. It's funny listening to Bruce Jenner talk about um, engage your psychosis, indulge your psychosis. Um, indulge your craven instincts, mutilate yourself, but you can't use it to get an unfair advantage over people. It's ironic to hear that coming from Bruce. I'll explain why here in a minute after I remind you that the government schools are just completely given over to this agenda. That's why this fall, if you're looking for options that aren't that, make sure you contact our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. They have perfected online learning and they do it with a classical learning style. What does that mean? Mastery of subject matter that matters, not spirit of the age propaganda. Being taught how to think critically, not what to think from indoctrination instead. I know the people who started this academy. We fought together in the trenches against Common Core, had my own son enrolled in FPA for a couple of years as well. So I've seen that it does indeed work. If you want to get a free information packet right now, because spots are filling up fast for this fall already, go to freedomforschool.com. That's F-O-R, by the way. Freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. So Bruce Jenner wants to say, by all means... Commit to acts of self-mutilation. Be an ingrate against your creator. I was not made this way. I, you made me wrong. Just don't, just don't use that as an unfair advantage. It's a little bit like I'm really shocked the whole argument of uh, the jabs are great. Pfizer saved all these lives, but uh, we don't want to mandate. Why, why wouldn't you mandate something that's saving a bunch of lives? Like we mandate seatbelts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do all kinds of mandates of things that save lives, don't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that that argument didn't stop the experimentations. I'm shocked. Just, But that's, again, if there's a way to not attack the premise of what we're up against, the majority of the people on our side and a lot of them with a lot bigger platforms than we have will find it. Okay. They will find it. Some form of pithy talking point, uh, some low lying fruit that will allow them to send some kind of smoke signal to you that they are with you, but then doesn't put any heat on them that they might face any kind of censorship or any kind of backlash or, or shadow banning or blacklisting, et cetera. 
here I'm going to prove to you again that you can never accept the opponent, the premise of your opponent's argument. Ever. You can't ever accept it and win. You can't. And Bruce Jenner is living proof, by the way. I said earlier, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, my voice is shot today. <clears throat> I apologize. I said earlier, Fox News, by far the biggest platform on the right, not even close. <clears throat> it is the most coveted place to work in our industry. Next to being a Fox News host or personality, the next most coveted achievement in our industry it's a little, like, a little bit like being in sports media. Eventually, everybody wants to work for ESPN, right? Well, pretty much everybody in conservative media eventually wants to work for Fox. So if you can't be a Fox News personality, the next best gig is Fox News contributor. <clears throat> There's huge competition for those slots. They pay. That won't make you rich, but... What it does do is provide the exposure that will. Huge competition for those spots. Before Bruce Jenner pretended to be a woman, what kind of demand was there for his political commentary? What was the market for it, do you think? There wasn't. There wasn't one. How often had Bruce Jenner been on there with just generic GOP talking points? And branded a Fox News contributor before he thought he needed mascara. And he should consider cutting his balls off. How often do you think? It's a really low number. Really low. Like even lower than the amount of times I've been on Fox News. Which is low single digits. <clears throat> uh, there wasn't a market for it at all actually. None. There's a lot of very talented people in our industry that will do a much better job spewing the low-lying fruit, District 1, accepted Fox News GOP talking points for them for money, and they won't look like a walking freak show doing it. But they're on the outside, man. They're on the outside looking in at the Bearded Lady Act. Because Bruce cut to the front of the line. He got an unfair advantage. Why? Because he contemplated cutting his balls off and wearing way too much mascara. That's why. He got an unfair advantage. He's up there complaining about using your psychosis for an unfair advantage. He is living proof. Refuting his own premise. Dude, you're only there because of your psychosis. The one thing Fox News knows how to do is hire hot chicks. They had a lot hotter women spewing generic bottom feeder, low-lying low fruit talking points to Hackety's Paul Mall smoking obsessed boomer audience. You're only there. Tommy, Tommy Laren, anyone? You're only there, dude, because you're a dude in a dress. That's the only reason you're there. You're only there because of that. They're like, hey, man, what's missing What's missing from our virtue signaling stable? Oh, we need a dude who's going to cut his balls off. And he's, got a, and he's famous, so let's hire him. Anybody ever heard Bruce Jenner's political commentary and thought, wow, 
Can't get that anywhere else. Indeed. Let me pass that on. No! You're only there because you thought about cutting your balls off. And last we checked, I don't think you actually went through with it. Maybe by now he has. I don't know. He certainly already has, figuratively. Don't make me research that, please. Indeed. That'll be the next time you use a hold on buy, sell, or hold. You'll have to confirm that for us, okay? But am I wrong? No. He's only there because he gained an unfair advantage over a lot of people and probably a lot lot of hot women that Fox could have found and hired to just read the GOP talking points off the teleprompter for him. You're only there... Because of your psychosis, you got an unfair advantage over a lot of other people that would have loved the coveted title of Fox News contributor. You're a fraud and you're mentally ill and you're not defending or advocating for anything other than reminding us that you need help. And so does this culture. Let's just hope it's not beyond helping more in a moment. Did you know the majority of pork production here in the U.S. comes from a company that has Chinese ownership? Um, that is why if you want to keep the American farmer going, look for co-op organizations like our friends have over at Moink, where they can deliver to you right to your door, grass fed beef, uh, and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild caught Alaskan salmon, all of that and more delivered straight to your door from farmers who farm the way that our grandparents did. Uh, and that's why Moink meat tastes like it should, because the family farm does it better. Not loaded with a bunch of additives, chemicals, or loaded up with animals that are taking antibiotics or anything else. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Steve right now. And if you do, you'll get free filet mignon in every order you make for a year. Free filet mignon in every order you make for a year if you taste and try the moink difference when you go to moinkbox.com slash Steve, M-O-I-N-K. That's how they spell it for moinkbox.com slash Steve. Let's bring in good friend of the program, Julie Kelly from American Greatness. Good to see you again. Julie, how are you? Good. How are you, Steve? Thanks for having me on. As always, we're doing well. Thank you very much. Better now that you're here. So let's get an update. <laughs> I, I I mean, I have been following your work on, on Twitter for the last month or two since we last talked to you. And I don't even know what question to start asking you because you have... Uh, been all over, and I think you've actually been to some of these events in D.C., some of the legal proceedings in D.C. in person involving January 6th detainees. So I'm just going to give you the floor here. Where should we start this conversation right now? Well, I think we should start with the fact that we have two separate and unequal systems of justice in this country, as you know, and all of your viewers know. Um, But it's really coming to light now with the two separate verdicts in the Sussman case, Sussman trial, Michael Sussman, Hillary Clinton's attorney who was acquitted by a D.C. jury, and the trial that I attended last week of a January 6th detainee. He's been in prison now for 16 months, held under pretrial detention orders by DOJ and a Trump-appointed judge, Judge 
Judge Trevor McFadden. Uh, the defendant's name is Timothy Hale. He went inside the Capitol for 40 minutes on January 6th, walked through an open door, carried no weapon, didn't assault anyone, was charged with one felony obstruction charge and four trespassing charges. For that, he's been in prison for more than 16 months. Wow. Uh, his trial went, his case went before D.C. jury last week, who concluded the opposite of what they did for Michael Sussman, no shock, right? And uh, convicted Timothy Hale on every single count. Uh, he will continue to spend time in prison till he's sentenced this fall and probably will spend a few more years in jail uh, for his nonviolent involvement in a political protest uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. When the state is making their case, I'm I, I'm I'm just curious. What is their legal justification, or do they even make one? So you're sitting in these proceedings, you're watching them take place. When the prosecution speaks, what are they saying? Um, these people are on trial, Steve, for protesting Joe Biden's election and for voting for Donald Trump. At one point in this trial, Steve. The prosecutor, federal prosecutor, handed an FBI agent who was testifying on behalf of the government mm -hmm. an exhibit, evidence of Mr. Hale's alleged guilt. What does he pull out of this huge box? A Trump flag, Trump 2020 flag. So this FBI agent unfurls it in front of a jury comprised of residents who live in a city where 94% of them voted for Joe Biden in 2020. They hate Donald Trump. They hate his supporters. This flag was not necessary to be presented as evidence. It didn't even belong to Tim Hale. He didn't use it as a weapon. He didn't even bring it to Washington, D.C. He picked it up off the ground. The only reason why the government presented that flag is to inflame and incite and anger mm -hmm. the jury, remind them that Tim Hale is a supporter of Donald Trump. That is what is going on trial. It's not that he obstructed an official proceeding or any of these people obstructed an official proceeding. It's not even a felony that's supposed to be applied to political protesters. It's a post-Enron law that deals with tampering with evidence. Uh, furthermore, people like Tim Hale didn't interrupt any official proceeding because Congress had already recessed by that point. These people are on trial for being supporters of Donald Trump. Uh, and that was just one little tidbit uh, that I shared on Twitter and wanted to share with you. That is what these defendants are up against. Highly biased prosecutors, judges who don't care about due process or the presumption of innocence or rule of law. Uh, these are political prosecutions. And now we have five DC juries who have convicted five January 6th defendants on every single count in record time. Again, the opposite of what happened to Michael Sussman. This is like To Kill a Mockingbird kind of stuff is what you're describing. Or when we, when a century ago, if you tried to put uh, Klansmen or Klan leaders on trial in a community caught red-handed engaging in violence or lynching, uh, the jury would just nullify that because they get racially inflamed by the by the the the, the Klan defendant defense attorneys, and and so it didn't it wouldn't matter what the evidence was. They were just going to act on the political and social pressures that either they feel or they agree with. That that's essentially what you're describing is happening right now with DC juries. Exactly. Um, and, you know, a lot of these defense attorneys have filed change of venue motions. And they and always they get denied. Have, yeah. They have gotten denied every single time. But now we have five jury trials in, of course, the contrast with Michael Sussman um, of how partisan this jury pool is. It is will be impossible for any January 6th defendant 
Trump supporter slash Biden protester to get a fair shake in our nation's capital, legal, and judicial system. Um, this is a total breakdown of the system. Um, and so we're going to keep, there'll, there'll be more high-profile trials happening in September. The Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, the alleged militia groups who brought no weapons to the Capitol on January 6th. Anyway, um, this is going to continue. No one seems to care, Steve, including Republicans in Washington who have been completely, for the most part, silent on this political prosecution that is destroying innocent people's lives. I want to come back to that here in a moment. Um, what further recourse on appeal do these defendants have to be heard by uh, a body that does not consist of D.C. political activists who would mask their toddlers until, um, uh, you know, until we right. run out of baby formula? Well, they don't, because any appeal would go to the D.C. Circuit Court. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the same court that acts basically as a rubber stamp to the D.C. District Court where all of these trials are being held. So it goes to their buddies at the D.C. Circuit, which has already rubber stamped a lot of things related to January 6th, including a ruling by D.C. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee, who found that none of the usual executive privilege protections apply to Donald Trump because January 6th was so horrific. You know, Steve, it was like 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and everything else that were told by Joe Biden and Merrick Garland. So the D.C. Circuit got that ruling for one example, rubber stamp, of course, uh, and that's basically their recourse. Will some of this get to the Supreme Court? Possibly. But you and I know that there's no real relief there. So I, I just don't. These defendants are really trapped in this highly partisan, vengeful judicial system uh, where these prosecutors run roughshod over the system and the judges just sit there and allow that. Think about this, Steve. You have plea deals going on. You have trials going on. But the Justice Department continues to withhold discovery evidence. They have hundreds of thousands of FBI records they still have not posted on their global discovery platform. Um, and yet they're still pushing. Ex Do we still have hours of missing footage like we, we discussed with you before when we've talked about this? They still have not released? Not only are they not releasing the 14,000 hours of surveillance video that was captured by security cameras that day on January 6th, here's a new one. Remember all the surveillance tours that apparently that uh, we were told happened on January 5th? You had Democrat House members saying that there were large groups of tours that were being conducted by Republican lawmakers. So there was just some new scuttlebutt about that. And... Um, comes to light, as I reported before, there's no surveillance video available mm -hmm. from January 5th. They've deleted why not? Why, why wouldn't you want that out in the public in order to further bolster the credibility of your own case in the, uh, in, within you know, the court of public opinion? Why would you not want that? Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, this is what, so next week, for example, the January 6th Select Committee will hold its, one of its uh, prime time public hearings with all, with testimony that they're saying is going to be bombshell testimony. But here's the thing for people to watch for, what this committee does not cover. That is why they are not uh authorizing the release of this 14,000 hours of surveillance video, which will show the American people exactly what happened inside and outside the building all day long. Where's the suspected pipe bomber? You're telling me the FBI can ID some grandma from Indiana and a huge group of people inside the building? 
hunt her down, raid her home, arrest her, interrogate her, and charge her with misdemeanors, but we can't find the alleged pipe bomber. See, to me, the pipe would... bomb angle just is, is the is the smoking gun of the scam yeah. of this, because... If if they had the ability to produce something that would that 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 they could then sell as justification for all of the heavy-handed and ham-fisted tactics that you're describing, that would be it, and they would produce it. So to me, that's the smoking gun of the scam angle to all of this, in my view. And let's uh, remind people the timing of when the pipe bombs were allegedly found. It was a few minutes before one o'clock, which is when the joint session convened. So all of a sudden there's reports of pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC headquarters, which as you know, Steve, is right near the US Capitol building. This starts a whole panic. House buildings near that are uh, evacuated. Um, You see bomb squad vehicles that just happen to be nearby, by the way, that belong to DC uh, Department of Homeland Security. Um, Furthermore, Kamala Harris was at the DNC headquarters. The Secret Service missed some pipe bomb that was sitting outside of the building. I mean, all of this is super sketchy. So here we are almost 17 months later. Not only do we not know who the pipe bomber is, he's never been identified or charged, everyone has completely dropped the matter. The January 6th committee probably won't even address it now because it was part of the setup uh, to start fueling the panic of what happened that day. I got two minutes. I've got one last question I want to ask you because I want to go back to what you said about Republicans on Capitol Hill being silent about this. I know you were asked by Tucker a few months ago if Trump and any of his legal people have come to these people's defense at all, and you said not to your knowledge. Could it be argued that if these proceedings are this political, then then Republicans or Trump and his organization directly putting their thumb on the scale in public to help these defendants might actually hurt their cause in some way? Or are they so doomed politically to begin with at this point that we're beyond that consideration now? I mean, I don't see how much more damage can be done to these in, to these defendants or to Donald Trump or anyone around him. You know, I listened to the trial last week. I know we're short on time. Tim Hale and all these defendants saying the reason they left Trump's speech and went to the Capitol is because Donald Trump told them to go. He also said that he was going to be there with them. He went back to the White House. They went to a trap set at the U.S. Capitol. Their lives have been destroyed. Donald Trump talks a good game when he rallies about the January 6th political prisoners and what's happening to these people. But to my knowledge, um, no, he has not uh, helped with any sort of financial or fund to help these people on trial. Um, And so that I know for a lot of these defendants is very disappointing. Quickly, what could Republicans on Capitol Hill, if you got them together in a room, what would you have them do right now? You mean after I smacked him? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would say that they need to take this January 6th select committee. Uh, When they take the House, they need to reform it, redirect it at the people responsible for January 6th. And that is House Democrats, uh, Capitol Police, D.C. Metro Police, Muriel Bowser. Get all the records, release the videos, get all the email exchanges, release all of the FBI documents, especially related to undercover agents and informants that were used not only that day, but months before. That's what I would direct them to do. Would they do it? Probably not. Well, you continue to do great work here, Julie. Always a pleasure to have you with us. All right. Keep it up. Let us know if we can help. All All right. right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. We get continual reminders, particularly here during uh, Pride Month, that uh, corporate America is not our friend any longer. It's not the 80s anymore. Lee Iacocca and Ronald Reagan aren't hanging out.
Okay. Uh, and so that's why when there is an opportunity to do business with a company that doesn't hate you and might even use the profits you give them to help advance your values and it doesn't come with a cost for you as a customer. You're not sacrificing quality. Take full advantage of it. And one place where we all can, because these places are rare these days, but we all pretty much need a mobile phone in modern America. That's why you can make the switch to our friends over at Patriot Mobile right now. If you're a veteran and first responder, when you go to make the switch, let them know. They'll give you extra savings, a way of saying thank you for everybody else. You get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you make the switch at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Our family did last year. Haven't looked back. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve is where you can go, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Julie Kelly from American Greatness? I can't imagine the frustration because when when I was uh, working at the register and uh, was arrested, uh, that was a house of cards uh, too. And they kept acknowledging it to us by trying to offer me things that would make me go away. Alfred, please, things like that. I said, no, we're going to trial. We're duking this out. Uh, And I won. But uh, my attorney, who Steve is somebody uh, uh, also knows, said, when you get to the federal level, there is very, and he's dealt with that level many times before, too. There's very much a guilty, intel proven, innocent thing even under the best of circumstances just because of the resources the feds can bring to bear Mm -hmm. and now when there's clearly no moral code at all involved uh, i pray for these people no whether they made mistakes or not and i'm not saying they did but right now they're being absolutely screwed by the u.s federal government and it's appalling we're also learning that the analogies we use for the hunger games that this is District 1 or the Capitol, uh, mostly the Capitol itself. Our Capitol is the Capitol. You have no shot if you cross them. Good analogy. You have no shot whatsoever. You just don't. Um, That's, guys, that's that's very scary. That's very scary. Uh, I don't need to tell you that. What do you do with that information? Uh, make your own ca- make make your own uh, little capitals, except where people like you rule fairly. Local, it's all local. You know, going up against the swamp and the system, as Todd said, the resources that they can bring to bear. Um, God bless you, but take your power back local. That's that's the message here. That'll do it for Hour 1. We'll come back, start a new series for Theology Thursday to lead off Hour 2. Stay tuned. All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dacey with Todd and all of you, let us know. Will you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor, and Gab. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok now, as well as Getter. Look for at Steve Day Show on all of those platforms. If you liked the movie trailer that my daughter Anna put together, the, uh, the long-awaited trailer for the new horror film Pride Month, 
Uh, you can get a copy of that right now on our TikTok page at Steve Day Show. Uh, you can also get clips of the show free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And for those of you that listen via the podcast, thank you to so many of you that do that. You're a big part of our show's audience. Please uh, hit the subscribe and follow button. Leave us a five-star review. And I, I've said for years, I have no idea how that helps the show. Okay. But I looked today, I don't look very often. I looked today and our iTunes rank in our category was actually higher than Sean Hannity's podcast. And so I'm going to give all the credit to that, to those of you that have left us five-star reviews. And we didn't, we didn't have a tranny on the show yesterday. Well, that, so. that might have something to do with it. Yeah. So um, so keep those coming. They do something to the algorithm uh, that gives us helps the, it to, to give us a boost. And it, it certainly gives our egos a boost when we see more and more of those. So thank you to all of you that have left us those five-star reviews as well. Uh, this part of the show brought to you by one of our new partners on the program here, Viciously Loyal Clothing. When it gets more summery here, you'll see me wear some of their new t-shirts. They've got some really sharp gear. Uh, Viciously Loyal as a brand was born from a long line of servicemen and women uh, who chose to be servants to their community to live their lives with purpose in everything they do. It's all designed and printed right here in the US of A as well. They've got some really cool colors of a a released line of premium t-shirts and tank tops. Uh, that also give you some maximum comfort, durable construction with super soft blended fabrics, and they feel amazing to wear as well. Everyone's beliefs and passions are unique. And at viciouslyloyal.com, you'll find a range of unique premium shirts, tanks, and hats designed to fit your individual style. And if you go there today, viciouslyloyal.com slash Steve, viciouslyloyal.com slash Steve. Uh, and uh, use the discount code Steve at checkout. They'll give you 20% off. 20% off with the discount code Steve when you go to viciouslyloyal.com uh, with the discount code Steve. Viciouslyloyal.com, discount code Steve. Before we get to Theology Thursday, you guys send us a ton of cool things. And <clears throat> I frankly, <laughs> almost every show I could take time out of the show to say thank you. With the stuff you guys send us, okay? And I have to pick and choose my spots because you, most people listen to hear what we have to say on the events of the day, not thank you for sending us free stuff, okay? But this I had to mention on the show and feature on the show, and I, I, we got a tremendous note. I won't read it. It's very personal, and you guys can, I'll leave it for you guys if you want. Um, but it's from John and Christy, and I can't, the ink is kind of run, so I think it's Maul, I believe, like maybe Darth Maul, but hopefully not Sith Lord. Uh, this is from John and Christy, and Christy wrote the note, and John sent this over, and I thought this was so nice. We're actually going to be doing uh, kind of an upgrade of our studio here later this year. I want to make sure that this has uh, a place for it to be shown on the set. Can we get that on the camera over there? Uh, aim, uh, aim. Aaron, um, how nice is that? I mean, that is really sharp, and it's a plaque with John 3.17, which is the Bible verse that we always conclude the show with, right? So, I mean, I just thought that was very, very nice, and it says, God bless the Steve Day show uh, on the back, and uh, I just wanted to, that, not that we don't appreciate all the the free stuff you guys send us, man, but 
that craftsmanship took some work, yep. right? And so I just thought that that deserved an extra special shout out on the show with that level of craftsmanship. So we wanted to thank John and Christy for that. That was an absolutely tremendous gift. So thank you. Let us now get to Theology Thursday as we begin a new book series. Uh, we have mercifully uh, concluded Scott Atlas's book, A Plague Upon Our House, and we now move to book two of the three that we will study for Theology Thursday this year, and pardon the uh, shameless self-promotion, we're going to be doing my own book, um, the last one I wrote. Uh, it's called Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. You can get a copy today at Amazon.com if you're interested by the first part of this conversation and you want to go along with us because this book was written as a study guide. It's got short, punchy, pithy chapters uh, that you could read aloud with uh, your small group or your men's group or your ladies group or your church group or your patriot group. And then there are discussion questions that you, Todd, actually wrote at the end of every chapter. So we're going to begin this week talking about the introduction of the book and the questions that are at the end of that introduction. And I want you to be the one that shares the questions, Todd, because I, I, I want you to also, as we go through these, give us a little background as to why you selected that question as you were going through the final copy of the book. And so let us begin with do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer. Well, it was pretty daunting when you asked me to help you write the previous book, but just the request that uh, I would uh, be doing this part of it on, on this project was daunting as well, if only because I think study guide questions are usually terrible. They're just an afterthought, and they think that the content is just going to have been so good that it'll instantly prompt the greatest discussion ever. That That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So I took this very seriously, uh, and I hope, that you, and I look forward to if you, you telling me if, if you found these uh, engaging at home, because they have a job to do. They, they, you're not, after Steve puts together a work like this people still don't you know people go to church on sunday and then they go home and sin on monday because they haven't been promptly provoked actively after they heard that sermon so here we go steve titled the book do what you believe well he explicitly in the book says you're doing it wrong so here's question one. When it is suggested to you that modern day American Christianity might be, quote, doing it wrong, what response does that immediately provoke from you? Quickly, where do you go with that? I'd want to have somebody quantify what that means. What, first of all, what is the what we're doing wrong? And then how would we know that we are doing it wrong? I mean, how would you answer that? Well... I think it's really important if those people have a sense of anything being really wrong at all. And if they aren't quick to answer that question, mm -hmm. the, in this culture, I, I, I don't... Either way. I mean, you may yeah. disagree, yeah. but if you can't, if you don't yes. have an answer the other way, right. to, to, to kind of just be dumbstruck, like when Matt Walsh asked you, what is a yeah, woman? This is my... That's, yes. that's the worst reaction. Right. And I think that's, that's often the issue. That's a great contrast. Yeah. But... Uh, that is a fantastic, I didn't even think of it, but that's why I wrote the question this way, because oftentimes we're that dumb professor in the Matt Walsh mm -hmm. thing, or just on the other side. If, if somebody 
as terrible as that guy was the one though asking questions of us how many of us would really be prepared to this is this is scriptural be prepared to have an answer Mm -hmm. do we have an answer for this do we have a sense that something is fundamentally wrong or are we just checking the box we went to church we did our thing and that's for the experts to decide what do you think Aaron? So my reaction to that question is, uh, yes, the sky is blue. Also, when has there been a time where we've not been doing it wrong? Can you quantify that for me as well? Maybe there are examples where we're closer to the truth, but ultimately, yeah. Um, I I think when it comes to the church in particular, the, the history of the church, whether it's Catholic or Protestant, but definitely more on the, I'm just going to be on the Protestant side. Uh, it's just chaotic pendulums. We're swinging from one extreme to the other, uh, kind of grazing the the narrow road as we, as we swing from one, one extreme to the other. So uh, yeah, uh, we're doing it wrong <laughs> one way or the other. Most, most of the American churches. Can I answer the question he just, that oh, you guys, yeah. that he just Please. raised though, when Go. were we doing it right? So there's, I couldn't answer that question. <clears throat> and I, and I say that because again, forgive me with my voice today, guys, I apologize. I, I say that because, um, we're human Yep. and there's never a time really ever we can, we can look back at more idyllic times in American culture pardon me, where it's clear that the church had more influence, more positive influence. Hold that thought because you're actually going into question two now that I see what you're doing here. Um, But before we put a tie up one, you've actually told us on the show before about polling. Mm -hmm. Like, and what most uh, churchgoers, I don't know if it's specifically Protestant or not. If asked what bothers them or needs changed, what are normally the top two answers? Oh, you mean within church subcultures? Yes. Oh, uh, every, every modern poll, I've not seen one in several years. Okay. But every poll that I had seen for like the first 10 years after I became a Christian about what people's two biggest concerns were about the church or the church they were going to, or why they would leave a church had nothing to do with doctrine. Exactly. Exactly. It it was music, it was music and how we dress. And if that's the style the of music and and the clothing expectations or lack thereof, yes. And if you if that's still true today in this culture, <clears throat> I mean, that's we had there, there was an entire era of the evangelical church that was known as the music wars. That's that that only just concluded yeah. like a decade ago, which was just nothing about arguing about how modern and, the worship should be and all those various things. And um, but what's the Great Commission? I don't know. We'll get to that later. Exactly. And, I, and and that's why, I, to me, if there was an idyllic period where the church did everything right, then we would just recommend that book and say, hey, go okay, do that. Okay, well, let's do that. Number okay. two, are, so what response do you immediately get? Are there biblical slash historical parallels to those uh, responses that you provided? Are, are the answers, and are the answers obvious? Or do we see through a glass darkly in terms of how the past uh, holds the answers for the future in the church? The answer is yes to both of those propositions. I mean, one of the things, the entire, the, the uh, much of the Old Testament is is a pattern yes. of, of devolution and 
Um, and then, and then, and then essentially restoration followed by, um, in, in, you know, a judgment or, or preceded by a judgment. This is the pattern that you see throughout Kings and Chronicles and much of the history of, of Old Testament Israel. Um, I mean, <laughs> Rachel is one of the matriarchs of the Old Testament, and and what and, and there's a there's a and there's a point in Genesis where one of the things that she tries to do, uh, as a last minute act, is to salvage her idols. Okay, she, she, she tries to salvage her idols, and I think even claims where she has them hidden. Does, doesn't she? From if memory serves, doesn't she claim so that those so that when she takes the idols from her father's. Uh, who's an idol idol worshiper? When she takes the idols from her father, um, doesn't she? When she hides them, she hides them in her drawers, and claim and so that he won't go yep. looking for them. She claims, uh, "I'm on my period." This is like one of the matriarchs of Jewish history. Okay, I mean, so th- there's never a point in time where it's like go back. To this, I, I love this idea of go back and do what the first century church did, <clears throat> guys. <laughs> um, those epistles that Paul writes in the New Testament. Hey, man, why do you have this dude with his arm around his mom? Why are people getting in line to get drunk off the communion Stupid wine? Stupid Galatians. Okay, why? Are, why are you guys literally checking if sixty-year-old men have been circumcised? What? These letters were written to the first century church. There's never a point in time that we hit some idyllic period. As I was about to say a few minutes ago, if you look at the, uh, we go back to a period of time where we would have, we would have thought that the, that the, the, the country seemed more wholesome and, and it certainly seemed more wholesome than it did today. Like in the fifties, Eisenhower had to send the national guard in for a black person to go to a university. <clears throat> I mean, they were still doing Mississippi burning in the 50s, guys. Alfred Kinsey rose to prominence in the 50s. Hugh Hefner first found an audience in the 50s. And now, isn't it something what, what, what women are coming forward and saying about what was really going on at that mansion, aside from the, the parties at the grotto that all the Hollywood mm-hmm. stars went to, when, those party, when, the, when the glamour shots, when the cameras went off and the stars and the celebrities left, what was really going on inside that mansion the rest of the week, right? Mm-hmm. We're hearing all those stories now that Hef is gone. These figures rose to prominence in the 50s. So was it a more wholesome time than we had right now? I mean, I don't know. Were the previous popes before this one Catholic? Because we don't know about this one. Okay, of course, of course they were. Were they idyllic? Were they perfect? No. There's never a point in time that we can go to and say that is when the human beings overseeing the church nailed it, stuck the landing, and so we should just go back and reclaim that. That's why I wrote this book as a launching off point from Francis Schaeffer's The Christian Manifesto, because. What Schaefer wrote 40 plus years ago had huge influence amongst Christians, civically, culturally, philosophically, politically, well into the 1990s. But, you know, you can go watch a lot of Francis Schaefer's old uh, uh, video uh, specials that you can go watch them on Amazon. Kind of a bizarre place for the hub to find them on now, but you can go watch them. And I got to tell you, 
as great as the man was, the conversations and the things he's warning about were the stuff we were freaking out about here like 10 years ago. We needed an updated playbook. And oh, by the way, as great of a man as Francis Schaefer was, do you guys know what a Frankie Schaefer is? It's his son who has spent the last 30 years of his adult life. He still makes public appearances on MSNBC and these networks smearing the brethren, smearing Christianity. So clearly there was some disconnect at home that didn't get communicated. And that wouldn't be the first time you got one of John Piper's kids is out there doing atheist videos that are not even good guys. So like not like Richard Dawkins won't share these. Because they're like arguments that a sixth grader would make. They're just bad. He's just clearly throwing a tantrum. It's just a rebellion. It's not serious. He's, he's not seriously thinking this through. They're just bad. One of, the great, one of the great judges in Jewish history was Samuel. His sons were awful. They were terrible. He was considered a righteous judge. He went throughout the 12 tribes judging righteously. People named their children after him. To this day, his sons were abysmal douchebag crooks. So no, there's never a time. You think your church history, your church legacy goes back to St. Peter, correct? Yes. Christ looks at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. There is never a point in time where we nailed it. We constantly need to do an assessment. We constantly need to reflect. We constantly need to do a self-check, a heart check. There's a reason Paul, the man God gave permission to write about 60% of the New Testament. There's a reason why he says, I die yearly. Every year I take a pilgrimage uh, just to assess where I'm at, you know, and, and just to refresh. Is that what he says? No. <laughs> he says, I die daily. Daily I have to look at myself in the mirror. Daily. And he's opening his mouth and scripture's coming out. If he's got to die daily, what do the rest of us have to do? And so that's why there is no ultimate handbook of church history and when we got everything right. It doesn't exist because we're sinners. And we need to be constantly looking at things anew. The world in which we live in changes. And so that's why I thought we needed to update our tactics. I'm not saying that, by the way, this is a definitive work. I'm just saying it's the most definitive that I could come up with. If someone can do better, by golly, we'll happily feature that book in the future and have them on. Number three. Can, can, I, can I get in on this You bet. Well? Go that for was, it. That was an, a, a really good answer, but... It, I begged the question in that uh, in that first answer, and I think the answer is, and I think this will be explored more in depth. It just depends on what our plumb line is as a church. Hmm. If our plumb line is the Word of God, generally those are the times in history where we see, you know, what the church kind of got it right more often than it got it wrong. When our plumb line is just reacting to whatever issues the church is dealing with within the culture. That's when we that's when we often get it wrong. And I think that's where we are in, with the American church. On the one hand, you've got the seeker sensitive uh, movement that will that will basically um, uh, be sensitive and accept anything on the basically a speed bump or maybe roadkill on the highway to hell. Meanwhile, and then there's also the other extreme as well that I've seen where, uh, you know, I could tell a story right now. We don't have have time where it's so uh, brisk. It's so uh, uptight that you turn people off. 
Well, I hope this well. is a sign that I, these are good questions because you're anticipating number three regarding doing it wrong. What is the level of guilt or complicity for our current state of affairs in the average Christian individual, the localized church, the corporate church? Where in those three fronts is the spirit of the age excused or even encouraged the most? Uh, it, it begins at a corporate level with churches because a lot of American churches behave more, particularly the more well-known one, behave, behave more well-known ones, behave more as corporations than churches. But then it goes, the, the, the last person that's accountable is, if you look at the way God's economy is structured, the last person that's accountable, did I say they, did I say they were not accountable? No. Is that what I said? No. I just said there's an order. You asked, an, right? Yes. The last person accountable is actually the individual Christian. How will they hear the word if there is no one to preach it to them? The creation God has set up in, the order of the creation is headship. There must be a structure. Okay. There is a chain of command. Headship. This is why every study has found that when the kids grow up, if mom took them to church by themselves, it's literally a roll of the dice if if the kids will go to church when they become adults. But if dad took them to church, regardless of what mom does, the odds go much higher. Is that because mom is not important? Is that what that means? No. No. It just means in this instance, the father is the head of the home. That's So that's where the chain of command goes. And so in the in the case of what you're talking about... We don't acquire information, ex- exegesis, hermeneutics, or even know what those words are or what they mean via osmosis. Yeah, every, every now and then you can be a theo-nerd like me and devote years of your life after getting converted into trying to essentially, um, you know, homeschool religiously, okay? But I didn't just do it myself. I still had all kinds of shows, podcasts, authors. And then as I got more knowledgeable, I was able to chew, figure out, okay, who chew the meat, spit out the bones. And then I was able to kind of filter, right, that person's bad. So even though it, it, I didn't have like a direct, you know, mentor constantly showing me the way like a Jedi master, I was still using things like the Truth Project and other things to help to disciple me. And so ultimately, the authority structure begins if you belong to a denomination. In your case, it's Rome. If you're in the Southern Baptist Convention, it's who's your, who's your president? Who's running your committees? It's that, so, the, so that's where it begins. That's where the headship begins. It doesn't end there, but that's where it begins. And then it goes to your local pastor of the church that you belong to. And then it goes to you. Because even if all those people fail you, you will still be accountable for your sins. And you will not be able to say, well, I had a really bad church. There will be no excuses. Now, you may be limited in what you can do to grow in your faith and in knowledge of it alone. And that's one of the reasons why we spend so much time talking theology and philosophy on this show is it's our attempt as laymen. We're just three learned laymen. We're not experts. We're not theologians. Right? But it's our attempt to try to help you in an acknowledgement of the current state of corporately of the American church. We try to do what we can to kind of help give you guys a nudge with the things that have nudged us. But the first accountability begins at the beginning of these church organizations. And then it goes right to the, who, the man who is um, in, the, in the pulpit of that local church. And then I think it goes to the individual. Good answer. Catholics will be happy with that one. Number four. What costs of correcting the problem of doing it wrong are the biggest roadblocks to revival? What changes that we would have to make do we fear making the most? You want to take this one? Yeah. 
my shiny polished idol and your shiny polished idol. I'm sorry, no, just your shiny polished idol. (laughs) Not mine. (laughs) Ultimately, that's what this boils down to, is we all have our idols. Now, now whether that's uh, fear of people, fear of man, fear of those in your church, or whether it's fear of, I can't live without this idol, I can't live without this comfort, that's ultimately what this boils down to. Mm -hmm. Now, you can extrapolate that out to any number of things, uh, whether that's uh, strategy of, of, of outreach or whether that's, uh, you know, how we do our services on Sunday mornings or things like that, you can extrapolate this. But ultimately, it's it's your own idols. And I think I think a lot of people's idol is fear and anxiety and uh, fear and anxiety and, uh, and and being respecters of men in terms of who do I ultimately get my get my affirmation from where does that come from i need that from this individual or that individual instead of relying upon the upon the the, the word of god and his truth in my life for my daily bread i think that's what it boils <laughs> down to is 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 idols and i think the chief among those is fear of of men i i think that's right on i'll just add it's we do a cost benefit analysis is basically what Aaron just told you. All right. Well, the benefit of what that's why there's such an attraction to the heresy of uh, the 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 TBN get rich quick using Bible verses or prosperity gospel. That's that's why we're so attracted to that heresy. The idea that, oh, you know, I can get all these benefits of a relationship with God as a vending machine. God is a vendo land, but I, it doesn't really cost me anything. I mean, except for all the money I'll send to Paula White and never get back. But it won't cost me like any shame. It won't cost me any pushback, right? It won't cost me any of that. You don't get any pushback or shame for having Joel Osteen on the counter behind you on where where you work. Unless it's from actual Christians pushing back on you, asking you, thankfully, why the hell do you have a thing of Joel Osteen behind you? But I mean, does the unbelieving world... If you put a Joel Osteen avatar on your Facebook page, does an atheist come at you for that? Does, does, does whoever hacked the Daily Wire last night to stop the film, the showing of Matt Walsh's film, do they come after you for that? No. Because game recognizes game. That's why we're attracted to it. The benefits of a relationship with God without paying any of the cost. And that's mostly what we do, particularly as Americans. Uh, yes, is a cost-benefit analysis of virtually every situation. And on a high note, what is the most inspired you've ever been regarding the connection between your faith and your American citizenship? Um, getting to do this show every day for me. And it's that I wanted to prove that it wasn't a false choice between my American citizenship and my faith because it wasn't a false choice for Paul as a free Roman citizen. He used the freedom of his citizenship to advance his faith, the freedom he had of mobility to go throughout the Roman Empire, which was not very common for a first century Jew to have that level of freedom. The freedom he had from a habeas corpus perspective within the Roman legal system that gave him an audience in front of governors and prefects. He didn't view it as a conflict at all. He viewed it as a complementary relationship. And, and so 
I don't have to compromise my faith with the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or any of the founding traditions of this country that are worthy of being conserved because they all come from my faith. They're inspired by it. So I, I so getting to do this show and seeing it grow and reach a bunch of people that are like, wow, we've never heard this stuff before. We are hearing stuff we don't hear in our church. That's where I get that most encouragement and inspiration. What about you, Aaron? I was going to say every day as well, but uh, because it, you, you said that, I, I would say uh, the most inspired is when we hear stories of you going and acting upon um, right on uh, what what you've learned or or what you've felt convicted to do uh, out of uh, out of righteousness or righteous indignation. That's when we hear stories about you acting upon it. That's that's very inspiring as well. Right on. Right on. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed week one of this conversation. Hopefully it was at least a tad more bright uh, and sunny than the, the last three months. Three non-political questions are next. So chances are you're buying at least a couple of supplements these days. And if one of them is in vitamin D, then clearly you just started listening to this show 30 seconds ago. Okay. And the reason why is because a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that we need are stripped out of our food because they mass produce the food, much of the food we consume nowadays. They want it to last on store shelves for a long period of time for uh, our massive population. And, and that can't happen if they leave all that good, healthy uh, stuff in there. So it's taken out and we need it back. And that's why we buy so many supplements. You know, the same thing happens with your pet's food as well. It's dead the minute it leaves that factory. And that's why you're now looking for the right supplement for your pet. And that's why you're also looking for Rough Greens. It's the supplement powder you mix in with your pet's food and restore to your pet's diet the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that it needs. But you might be skeptical. Maybe my pet won't like it. Maybe it won't make a difference in their health and happiness. And you're right to be skeptical. If you are skeptical, then you have been listening to this show for a long time. Okay? That's why we give you that first 14-day jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less when you go to roughgreens.com. You pay for the shipping so that you are invested, but we'll give you the bag for free at R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Our dog cap loves this stuff. Or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG, 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's get to three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Yes, we need a break from the demise and fall of Western civilization. Three non-political questions. Actually, prior to like uh, literally five seconds ago while the intro was playing... Uh-oh. I only had two questions, but then I thought of a really good, a really good uh, third question. All right, so just one will suck. Uh, ye, no. Uh, okay. Yes, this one. Okay. Uh, why are the birds targeting my house? Wow. I mean, do you have bird feeders? Nope. On your roof? No. 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 
Um, no other, no other houses in 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 the neighborhood. Well, I mean, which birds are we talking about then, brother? We're talking about we're crows. Robin? No, they're crows. We got some robins. So we're not talking morning, like some you know, scavengers. I mean, pretty birds. Last week, last week, uh, we had like a folding chair out on the deck, and a couple of uh, robins. I think one of them was diseased. Just targeted that. I mean, it was just like thick, thick bird crap on that. So why why is this happening? Hmm. Well. If we were doing, you know, some like, you know, deep black crows, yeah. okay, then we're into some like Avi Satani omen kind of stuff. And that would be probably more in my wheelhouse, frankly. But when we're talking about birds that people actually like to look at, and it's the most Aaron thing ever that he is complaining. I hate birds. I hate birds. <laughs> it's the most Aaron thing ever that the birds that people actually like to watch like Aaron's home, and he does not like that. So I don't like see. Birds. We talked about this a little bit. Yesterday, Aaron, at the airport, but I think you buried the lead on me then. You just said you hate birds. Yes. I didn't hear that yesterday, and I did not know that. that. So perhaps you're just getting a normal dosage, but your hatred is skewing your perspective on this. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, Now on. (laughs) We weren't much help. Now on to the real three questions. Um, What's the most annoying. Well, I have really set myself up here. Dang it. What's the most annoying verbal or grammatical crutch you hear people use? I'll begin just to give you an example. Okay. Adding S to the ends of words that don't have S's on them, for instance, or companies or or things. Uh, people who say Barnes and Nobles. No, it's not Barnes and Nobles. It's Barnes and Noble. Not Barnes and Nobles. It's Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Des Moines. Yes. Stuff like that. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah. All right. What's your answer to this? So we've gone. We've See, gone I from. I set myself up here. Uh, we've one gone you, from. I'm you, annoyed by the birds yeah. that people find if, nice to if, look if, out. Come if to, one come of you to, doesn't come back with the uh, whatever the hell that question was that you just asked us. <laughs> I I don't want to live on this planet. Anymore. You're not. You sure you're not sixty? His first no. two questions. His first two questions are: Why do the pretty birds come to my home? And why must I hear people speak? Yes. Those are his first two questions. I'm not sure I'm not 60. That's Ben's the- not even a teenager yet, brother. Ease up off the accelerator. You got a long time to go yet before you get that cranky. Anyway, Todd, your I answer. L- I love that you're you. I'm Mr. Vinegar. It, and he's this. I mean, on any given day, we can rival each other for who's the most insufferable SOB yeah, on the planet. That's a good it's point. Fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. The insufferable trinity. Yes. But this is a part I don't, gosh, I don't really have any people, I mean, this is just how, well, I guess, okay, I guess intentional high school male street tough guy slang, fake tough guy slang, yeah, I can't, I can't stand that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I get, I, I'm feeling I mean, it's, yeah. and this is, you know, way, yeah, expletives are an art, and they don't know it, and it's, it's just scattershot. In my day, we knew how to cuss. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now you guys just scattershot those words. <laughs> Infidels. I just read what my next question is, and it's on brand. What's your answer? <laughs> my, my answer probably would be... Um, I can't stand the my truth stuff. Okay. I can't stand it. And I, 
Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons other than they don't have it on my I can't get it on my desktop yet. That's one of the reasons I've not posted more at Trump's Truth Social because every time I post it says your truth has been posted. I don't have any truth. And neither does anybody else. Everybody in hell thought there was my truth. There is no such thing as my truth. Okay? No. No, there is. You didn't post. I didn't post my truth. I just posted something I think is truthful. Next question from Aaron. What's your truth? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Next question. Seriously, I didn't mean to be old and curmudgeonly today, but what's your most recent, oh, crap, I'm old moment? And what was your first moment where you realized, oh, crap, I'm old? I'll go. I'll go first. You can go first. Okay. When I really, when I really actually genuinely felt old now i i've been feeling old since reminder like, how old are you junior. right now i'm Jeez. 20 29 29 um i've been feeling old for like 10 years you know, 19 20 years old I, and I, I think after I'm the last 10 minutes soul. everybody can believe that i'm just an yes. old soul um but when i really genuinely felt old for the first time my teenage nephew just right to my face last year when he was here uh, he said, uh, he just told me, you're old. You're old. That, that's when I really genuinely felt uh, felt old for the first time. Um, the most recent example, um, I don't know. Any anytime, anytime, I, I, uh, anytime I'm exposed to anything Gen Z finds popular or interesting, um, I think the most recent time is... I just think to my man alive, this gen- generation is absolutely screwed. Uh, the Gen Z generation. I was like, with no self-awareness whatsoever. Right. Um, so, yeah, those are my two. The first time I I felt old is I was uh, still on WHO doing local radio. Uh, and I left there in 2011. So this would have been uh, quite a few many years ago. Um and I had uh, I had just had a, a guest on, uh, and he brought with him uh, his assistant, um, a young, very attractive twenty-something woman. Okay, and a total smoke show. And as she was leaving, as they were leaving, she came up after the interview was done. She came up, shook my hand, and said. Mr. Dace, that went very well. Appreciate the time. But the way that she said that, okay, it was clear that it wasn't like perfunctionary because of the occasion. It was clear she viewed me as... Do you need a walker with that? Yeah, an old dude that you would call Mr. Dace, Okay. And that was the first time that I, I that I really felt old, um, because I'm I'm uh, during this interview I'm I'm saying to myself, don't notice how hot this chick is, don't notice how hot this this chick is. Do your job, all right. Be a professional. And when it's over, she comes right up to me, like you know you would um, your dad or your uncle, or somebody else's dad or uncle. I, I should say, Mr. Dace, that was that went very well. Thank you for the time. And I'm like. That was a kick to the Jimmy right there. That was a Jimmy kick. All right. And now I embrace it. My, my, the other answer I have though, is just recently I hired my daughter to work part-time because the, 
the the two largest social media platforms that we're not on, I've I never use, I don't know how to use, and I don't want to know. I'm at that stage now. Yes. Like it like I, I'm totally fine not knowing what the yes. new thing is and I don't want to know and yes. I don't want you to show me. I don't yes. care. Okay. Now now I'm not to the stage yet where I'm like I I I refuse to get involved because I think I'm 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 above it. That's probably another 10 or 15 years away probably. Oh, okay. Because at least I'm recognizing I need to be on these platforms, but I'm like I'm just going to pay you out of my pocket and you do it. I, I don't, don't show me. She's like, oh, I'll come over and show you for a few. No, I, no, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I, in fact, I'm going to take pride in not knowing. Okay. I'll just pay you to do it instead. That's my, that, that's the second part to my answer. Uh, throwing out my back. That was probably uh, one of them. And that happened. Oh gosh. I mean, I made it pretty long. I think that happened even after I was 40. Uh, but then recently it's usually around music. Once we have an old one that my, I think my wife owned it before we had kids, before I came along. Uh, and I asked my daughters because I needed a portable radio outside. I said, where's the boom box? Wow. And they looked at me like, what did you just say, old man? And then once on a road trip to play soccer. What is this witchcraft oh, of I which know. dad speaks? I turned on some music from the old days I thought would get jacked up and ready to play. I turned on Van Halen. And they're like, oh, dad, this is old music. I was like, good grief. Who was it that said we were Rachel? Rachel, yeah. Yeah. boomer I've been, music. I've been trying every time we've had her on. I've been trying to get her to. Rachel uh, Samuel dropped that on us. Yeah, say something similar. Okay, uh, we've got about um, four minutes left. I'm All right, let make- me do this last okay. live read before we get there. Then, all right, because it's for our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust During these unprecedented times, Bing. Uh, where the markets, every market, housing, commodities. Financial, food, every market is uncertain here in the Let's Go Brandon era. If indeed you must or want to get involved in the real estate market, make sure you go in with an agent you can trust to guide you through the process successfully from beginning to the end because they've got a fully vetted track record of success. Otherwise, we wouldn't refer them to you when you go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's where you want to go. It's just as simple as the name. You want to head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. So um, I was going to ask you a, a kind of a three-part question, but we're just going to make it one part. Um, I Apparently, this is not a new hypothesis, but I just read about it this morning that there is a possibility, this hypothesis says, that the United States actually shot down Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 hmm. because of some sensitive tech that was on board en route to China. So aside from the accepted narrative right now that uh, there was just a, a pilot that went postal and flew the plane into the ocean, what do you think is the most plausible or likely hypothesis theory, what have you, of how that flight went down? Um, I have much more faith that another country did that, actually, than our own. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think we're capable guys. The intelligence community. Remember when Trump first picked a fight with them? And I think I even said at the time, man, the last people you want to pick a fight with is the intelligence community. Right. Right. And I, we, after watching, you know, two decades of the X-Files and all this kind of stuff growing up. Yeah. John Kennedy called and said, <laughs> yeah, here's what they came and, and here's what the intelligence community came up with. A fake Russian P-tape and the Russian collusion narrative to feed content on CNN and MSNBC for two years. 
that's not the CIA, that's not the the military intelligence or the CIA capable of the kind of operation that you're talking about. I mean, I liked my CIA back when it could assassinate presidents in in public like they did to Jack Kennedy. Now that's a CIA. That's an intelligence community capable of the skullduggery, Aaron, that you are describing. Okay, not John Brennan on Rachel Maddow tonight. No, no, I just I have no faith we're capable of that level of skullduggery whatsoever in a time that Anthony Fauci is our longest serving tenured public figure or public uh, servant. So I think it's far more likely that actually another country did that than our own. You know, this the timing of this story sounds like aliens coming along and things like that. This, Steve, what there was just a question earlier this week about what kind of news might be ref- we just answered this question yesterday right uh what may come up regarding russia that would spur us into a war oh, like a uss maine or louisitania yeah, yes, yes. or a gulf of tonkin kind of an incident in order to justify uh what they wanted to do all along yeah, anyway this yeah. suddenly becoming part of a chinese uh, a hijab by us this sounds like that uh i'd rather just go back to pretending whether it's real or imagine that the guy went crazy and shot it into the sea because war wasn't at stake then i actually think this theory whether it's the united states or other i think i actually think the united states is more likely uh to have been capable of this even eight years ago under a very uh uh ruthless type of uh marxist president and and Barack Obama than we have been in the last five, six, seven, eight years. Um, so whether it was the United States or somebody else, I think that because it's just guys, it that's a humongous plane, and as of yet, still very little wreckage has supposedly been found. That's super suspe- suspicious. But aside from the theory that uh, that that uh, was discounted at the beginning of this question, that would probably be my most likely explanation because we have an example of that. Okay, just a few weeks later, wasn't it? There was another Malaysia Airlines flight that was shot down by some rebels in Ukraine, right? Uh, So we have examples of that, although that's not in the middle of the ocean. Hmm. I just don't... How long ago was it, though? 2014. It was that many years ago? Yeah. I guess the years go by. Maybe Mm. maybe I could have bought that if if it's 2014, okay? Because I certainly don't believe the government we've seen for the last four or five years is capable of that. All right, we're going to stick around and record overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.